Welcome to a breath of fresh air with Sandy Kay. Because it's a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. A breath of fresh air. Beautiful day. Oh, baby, any day that you're gone away. It's a beautiful day. and thanks for joining me today. If you're a music fan, and let's face it, you must be, otherwise you wouldn't be here right now, then the name Muddy Waters is going to be really well known to you. Muddy was the king of the Chicago blues. You could say he electrified the blues, both literally and figuratively. His playing was revelatory, his singing unrivaled. He was responsible for influencing musicians of all genres and inspired icons like the Rolling Stones and Eric Clapton to take up Rock's legacy. Muddy Waters passed away in 1983 and passed the baton to his eldest son, Mud Morganfield. Mud was born Larry Williams in 1954 and bears a striking resemblance to his father, both vocally and physically. His timbre and tone are eerily similar and he shares the same perfect blues phrasing. Mud was a late bloomer who, although grew up around music, didn't begin his own professional career until after his father's death and he was nearly 30. Mud's songs consist of a mix of original tunes, his father's favourites and blues standards. I caught up with him on the occasion of his latest release called Portrait, but how could I chat to this man without asking him all about his famous dad? Mud Morganfield, welcome to A Breath of Fresh Air. What a joy to meet you and talk about your music I've been a long-time fan of your late father, who, of course, was the great Muddy Waters. You're his eldest son, right? Yes, yes, I'm the firstborn. So I know from having read a little bit about you and about him that he was always on the road. At the height of his career when he started having children, he wasn't around much, was he? No, he wasn't. Uh, he stayed on the road. I mean, he was always wiring money home to take care of us, but... But, but Dad stayed on the road. And then when he did come home, he was so wore out. He was sleep like three days. Do you remember the feelings that you had as a child around that? I, I really didn't because I really didn't understand the uh, significance that Dad played in blues, and especially Chicago blues. I had no idea. I mean, I was into Motown and other stuff. So you didn't understand the music that he was making, but what about the fact that he was an absent father? How did that affect you? Well, it affects me immensely, but I, but my mom had seven brothers who kind of took up the slack for dad. And, you know, my mom was, was a fantastic mom also, so it was okay. And when was it that you realised what your dad was doing and just how popular he was? I think I was in high school. And I got in some trouble in high school, and you know, they called my dad, and he came up there, and I was noticing how excited all the teachers and the principal was, and I was like, you know, it's just dad. And uh, it kind of hit me then, you know, that uh, he was somebody uh, well-known. The gypsy woman told my mother before I was born, I got a boy charge coming. Gonna be a son of a gun. He gonna make pretty women's jump and shout. Then the world wanna know what this all about. What you know I'm here. I got a black cat bone, I got a mojo too, I got the John the Conqueror, I'm gonna mess with you, I'm gonna make you girls, lead me by my hand, then the world I know, the hoochie coochie man, but you know I'm here. 
What did you feel about that? I loved it, but but I still had to get my blues too. So was it difficult for you? You say that you were already into making music yourself and you were already into the blues. Was it the same kind of blues that he was doing? You know, I, I really don't know. I'd say this in a, a lot of interviews. I, I think I was tapping on my mother's stomach inside of her. I came here with the blues. I was born the blues. Really? I mean, I, well, notes ran through my head at such an early age. I, I got scones so many times for beating on furniture, patting on stuff. And I finally went and got me a big, big lard can. I mean, huge. And I started to plan that. That's before Dad started to buy me a set of drums every year for Christmas. But he wanted I you started, to play the drums. No, I did. I started off as a drummer. So now I don't play bass professionally, but I play bass. So that's my instrument of choice now. What attracted you to the drums in the first place? I just thought it was the with the beat. You know, it was it was it was the rhythm. You know, it's the bottom. So you know, and that just I was attracted to making people move. If you ain't got a funky drum beat, you ain't got it. If you got a bad drummer, you might as well forget it because the band going to sound bad. If you don't have a good drummer, just forget it. It's interesting, isn't it? Because the drummer gets paid very little attention, generally speaking. I mean, I'm sure the band members oh, all... No. Now, when I come up, when I come up, there was the James Brown thing, uh, get a drummer song, and all the women was over the drum. So I was right where I needed to be. <laughs> started using the drum machine to replace drummers with. What do you think about that? Not, not traditional blues, not, not Chicago blues. No, it's, that's rock and different stuff, but not blues. You, know, you got to have a blues drum, you got to have a, a blues pianist. <laughs> you know, you get, that's the blues. So what is it about the Chicago blues that had you already, as, as a baby, you, you, you had it in your DNA? What is it about that style of music that really grabs you? To be honest with you, it's, it just wasn't the blues, it's music, period. The agenda you have is music, period. If Dad had been a painter, I'd have been a painter. If you had been a carpenter, I'd have been a carpenter. You know, boys marked the dad, girls marked the moms. But for me, it was just music. It's a generation and generations of music that I was just fortunate enough that I got some of it in me. So I'm proud of that. Did he teach you a lot? Dad didn't teach me anything. He taught me when he shared with my mom and me. I come here with what it was. I come here with with this music brand. I took it. I couldn't get rid of. I couldn't get rid of. I ran and I ran and I ran. And I, these beats are always in my head. I would lay down on the bed at night and I would pat on the mattress. But as you grew up, and he was still around for some time. I mean, albeit that he was on the road most of the time. Did he encourage you in your music? Oh yeah. I've had, you know, smaller garage bands and house bands and whatever I needed and equipment. Uh, he would always call up his manager and tell him, hey, my son coming by there. And I was like a kid in a candy store, right? <laughs> okay. Got my mojo working, but it just won't work on you. Going down 
as happy that you've chosen music as your career oh, path. Of yeah, any of us. Yes, of course. Really? But you, did, you didn't start out as a professional musician, did you, Mud? You, I read that you actually drove a bus for a while. I know I drove trucks. Oh, you drove, drove a truck? Uh, like I said, I've always had, had music, but my belief, this is just my belief, you don't wake up one morning, go outside and get no blues. You, you got to go through some alcoholism, or recovery, something, cancer. You just don't go outside and, and get the blues in there. Man, everybody that play the blues don't mean they got the blues. They just know how to play it. You got to get some blues. So you, you've really got to live it before you can share Absolutely. it. Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. So what did you go through that really gave you that Chicago blues flavor? Oh, God, it would take me all day to tell you what I went through on the west side of Chicago. <laughs> it was a First pretty one, rough neighborhood? Sure, I had to fight every day. Sure. Ain't kidding about me being B.B. King's son or Muddy Water's son or Little Walter's son. They didn't care. I had to establish my own self. Absolutely. Were you picked on or that was just everyone was fighting? Pretty much. You know, uh, you know if you didn't, you, you got ran over. I come up in that kind of time. I, I come up in a time when Martin Luther King was assassinated. So, you know, it's rough. You know, I'm, I'm in the blizzard of 68, 69. We didn't have food in the house. And, and me and my mom and my other sibling, we had to carpool, get through the snow to go out in, in areas and find bread to bring home to eat. Did you start writing, songwriting about times like that? Well, yeah, we would go to certain store markets and see what they had. A lot of shelves were empty because the trust couldn't get in and deliver food. So it was pretty rough times. So I got some blues. You paid your dues, right? Did you start writing songs about those times? Most of my songs are about women, relationships I've had that failed, some succeeded. Most of my songs are like that. I'm not good with the, the kind of blues that make you lean over in your food and cry all the time and you know, because your lover left you. I like people to get up and dance and have a great time. If you lose that stuff for half an hour, an hour, that's fine for me. Have you ever been walking? Walking down that old lonesome road. Have you ever been walking? Walking down that old lonesome road. No place to go. Well, Brown, no place to room and board. Things look so lonesome down that road ahead. What your mother said When you were growing up and you discovered how famous your dad was, did you start appreciating the music that he was making? You know what? In order for you to get some blues, I had to go out and get some blues. So I had to go out into my environment where I was born and raised there and experienced a lot of things, failure, some success, more failures than success. But I had to go out and experience some things in order for me to have some blues because I'd have just been, had I did it any other kind of way just because my dad was Muddy Waters, I'd have been faking. Right. It wouldn't have been real. I had my own story. Yeah, I hear you. But did you study his music at all? Did you really go through his catalogue and analyse it or, or you kind of put that aside and went, and did your own thing. No people, people think I made a deal. I don't want you to be no slave. I don't want you to wake all day. I don't want you 
clothes I don't want you his clips you know the only thing i do if i'm gonna if i'm gonna record a song for my dad's like on Del my records but i'm on now is to have somebody put that song in front of me in the studio in the booth and i'll just sing that song i don't look at clips of dad how he move how he walk i mean that is so phony <laughs> you know what I mean? that is so phony you can't you can't make this stuff up and Mutt certainly doesn't. He put out his first album in 2008, his second in 2012, the third in 2018, and the latest one in 2022. Each is a great listen. Don't go anywhere. Mud's got plenty more to say. This is a breath of fresh air with Sandy Kay. It's a beautiful day. Great you're still here with me. I'm chatting with Muddy Waters' eldest son, Mud Morganfield, and I just can't believe he's followed in his father's footsteps without ever having listened to his music. You must have heard what he was doing once you started to get an appreciation for... That catalog? No, that catalog? No, I haven't. Really? (laughs) No, that's Red Snake, I don't even know. I heard people talk about I don't even know how it go. I have to listen to it and try to sing it. No, no. How amazing. Wow, that's that's a surprise. It's been said of you that not only do you resemble him, but the tone and the timbre of your of your voice is very much the same as Muddy Waters. You sound like him, your phrasing is the same. And that's just happened naturally. That's just part of who you are. And that's why I praise God and I thank my dad and my mom for me. I love all the tracks that you've put out today. Do you have a favorite one? Well, I, I am uh, really ecstatic about the single Praise Him because I've lived over 60 years and God has been good to me. And I had to get that testimony out. So, you know, and that's my first single gospel, bluesy kind of song, you know, but it's definitely a message in it. What's the message? What are you talking about in there? I'm talking about me. Go on, tell Listen. us more. I'm, I'm, talk, I'm talking about me. Listen to it. It'll tell you. It's a testimony. I'm talking about me. What I woke problem? up one morning and I couldn't see. I couldn't see the forest out beyond the trees. I come up, I was I was blinded by flashy things and other stuff. I couldn't see. I thought I woke myself up. You know, I thought I was my own God. I thought I woke myself up. How silly is that now, you know? But uh, it's a testimony. Listen to it. it. It pretty much tell you. Woke up one morning and I couldn't see. I couldn't see the forest out beyond the trees. said to me I'm gonna set you free and all I'll ask of you you tell the people about me and I'm gonna praise him I'm gonna praise him let me praise him
To that point of writing that testimony. I'm a blues man, suffering. I'm a blues man. Same way dad and them got it from, from the South, picking cotton and living in huts. Muddy Waters was born McKinley Morganfield in Rolling Fork, Mississippi in 1915. His mother died when he was just three years old, and from then on he was raised on a plantation in Clarksdale, Mississippi by his grandmother. He continued writing about all that stuff all the, all through his life, didn't he? Oh, you little woman. <laughs> <laughs> We're always a good vehicle to cause men to suffer. Hey, me, in, in the movie, you see Ray Charles, he filled the wrist. <laughs> you tell the woman was large. <laughs> Blues man, I Blues man is something that you're born with. You can't develop into a blues man. You've either got it or you haven't. You said a mouthful. We are born. You're born with it. And I tell a lot of my young up-and-coming artists that you don't need no substance to make you sound better. It's a lot. You either got it or you don't. Well, and how would anybody know if they have got it? You, you know. You, you love my songs, right? Yeah. Son of the seven Baby, you know it's true. This hoochie coochie man is gonna do you. I'm a natural born lover, a real backdoor man. Don't you know this man is boy has grown up to be a man? I'm the one. Son of a seven song. I'm gonna beat down the devil. I breathe smoking fire. I'll come back from the dead girl just to say you're mine. Wonder line. You see, the men, the men. Just don't know it, but the little girls they understand when I say that I'm a man. You better believe that I'm the man. I'm the one. I'm a son of a seventh son. Mike dedicated the album Son of a Seventh Son to his dad, who had first been introduced to music in the church. The album won rave reviews from critics across the globe and created the opportunity for him to tour the US and Europe with his own band. Mud toured incessantly for a couple of years before re-entering the studio to record Four Pops, a tribute to Muddy Waters, with harmonicist, singer and songwriter Kim Wilson, who'd been with the famous Thunderbirds. In 2015, that album won a Blues Music Award for the Best Traditional Blues Album. How does it feel to be compared to him? Is that a good thing for you or, or a bit of a double-edged sword? Double it's a double-edged sword. It swings both ways. I could be in London in a big club and, and I could be doing some of my stuff and people are like, hey, do hoochie coochie, man, do mojo. <laughs> you know? So it's a double-edged word. And some people, oh, I heard Muddy Waters, you know, woo, woo, woo. but I think that people who didn't get a chance to see my dad ever alive, I think that I can give them a taste of what that may have been like. And at the same time, honor my dad. We can't beat it. Do you do those songs of his sometimes on stage? Yeah, half of my show mostly is his songs. Uh, 
But when I record, I only record a song with the ads or two, and then the rest of them are my my uh, written songs that I wrote. Mud Morganfield is the eldest son of Muddy Waters I'm chatting with here. Mud, in uh, 2015, you did a tribute album for your dad. It was called Four Pops, a tribute to Muddy Waters. That one actually won a Blues Music Award in the traditional blues album category. You must have been pretty proud of that. Uh, you know what? I'm always proud of stuff that... There's only one Muddy Waters. Let's just get that straight. But I'm always proud to respect and honor my dad. You say you love me, darling. Please call me on the phone sometime. You say you love me, darling. Please call me on the phone sometime. Muddy was, you know, was great. I mean, he, he changed the face of the blues, you know, with the, you know, the electro. I mean, he was not obviously the first person to do electric blues, but but he really created the, a genre, you know, the Chicago electric blues uh, scene. He was the co- contemporary of Sunhouse and Pat, you know, two decades removed. Mud, you were actually born Larry Williams, and uh, Muddy's real name was McKinley Morganfield. How did Muddy get Muddy Waters, and how did you get Mud Morganfield? Well, you know the story. My grandmother used to catch Dad all the time in Mississippi when he wasn't in the cotton field playing in mud. So that's how he got the name Muddy Waters. He would always love to play in mud through his fingers and stuff. So, uh-huh. so my great-grandmother named him uh, Muddy Waters. The name Muddy stuck, and the Waters was apparently tacked on a few years later. During the 20s and 30s, the rural south where Muddy was growing up was a hotbed for the blues, and young Muddy became entranced with the music when he discovered a neighbour had a record player and records from the likes of Blind Lemon Jefferson, Lonnie Johnson and Tampa Red. In his early teens, Muddy was introduced to the sound of the Delta blues artists, including Robert Johnson. inspired him to switch instruments. He bought a guitar and learnt to play it in the bottleneck style. When did you take the name, Mud? I took the name in my career because I wanted people to know that I was Muddy's eldest son. And I took the first three letters of his name, M-D, and Morganfield is my birthright name. Williams is my mother's nickname, you know, but Morganfield is my dad's. What about your other siblings? Did, did they also follow in his footsteps? Well, my brother, my younger brother, Big Bill Morganfield, he, he does dad, he, does, he sings too. with the same thing. My younger brother, Joseph Morganfield, just passed a couple years ago. I'm sorry. He's a young man, 40-some years old, just fall dead. It was really a tragedy to the whole family. 
Any of the girls? You know what? No, none of the girls. Mud has 10 children. I've got two daughters uh, that sing, but they only sing gospel. But I got five boys can't sing happy birthday. I got two girls that make the hair on your back stand up, but they only sing gospel. You know, and I got five boys who don't sing at all, don't play an instrument. You know, they more listen to this rap stuff, so. (laughs) I hear you. You didn't really consider becoming a professional blues musician until after Muddy died in 1983, did you? What was it about his death that really turned your part? He passed in 83. Oh, did I say 93? Sorry. I mean, yeah, yeah his, his death in 83. <laughs> That's right. I, just, uh, uh, I, I think... Uh, uh, what was it yeah. that turned you? Because I, I had I had to get some blues, you know. Then, you know, Dad's some, some big shoes to follow. Mud tells me that he kept having a recurring dream about Muddy performing on stage, and that's what really prompted him to begin performing the blues professionally. It's only one B.B. King, it's only going to be one Muddy Waters. So them some big shoes to fill. So, you know, and then I had to go get my own blues, and that's what I did. Yeah, you certainly got the blues. Do you still have to keep accumulating blues? Do you still, I mean, what, how much is enough? You know, how much suffering do you need to have? Or if you're a, a living bluesman, do you need to keep it coming? It's not all suffering. You know, it's not all suffering. Sometimes it's happy stuff. It's just stuff that people uh, live do what we do. You so you, when you said you've got to go out and get some blues, actually what you're saying is you've got to go out and get some life. Yes. I went out and got it. Like I said, you know, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Chicago. It's a rough place. Beautiful city. Great city. But it's still a rough place for an African-American young man. It's still rough today? It's worse. To be honest with you, yes. Way worse than when I come up. When I come up rough, Two guys could not get along. They fight, be best friends tomorrow. Now there's murder for 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 light disputes, disputes. Uh, he got my girlfriend. And that's because there are so many guns just flooding the city. And they in a young people's hand. Yeah. Plus, they legalized smoking marijuana. So almost everybody in Chicago was riding around drunk. He had a gun. You know they drunk. I mean, not even just the young old ones, too. They all drunk. They've been smoking weed all day long, and they're driving out there in the traffic, and they got guns in their cars. It's a bad combination, isn't it? I'm sorry. I'm just going to let you, just what I told you gave you the booze. <laughs> yeah, it did. It really brought me down. You're right. That's what I said to you. It gave you some blues. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you don't think I got the blues, I wish you could have walked in my shoes. If you don't think I got the blues, I wish you could have walked in my shoes. I've had the blues for so long, I don't know just what to do. It started in September, 1954. Started in September 1954. That's when the doctors told my mother, You've got yourself a little coozy boy. was Blues In My Shoes from Mud Morganfield. We'll be right back with more. This is a breath of fresh air with Sandy Kay. It's a beautiful day. Welcome back. 
As we've been hearing, Mud Morganfield is all about paying tribute to his dad, Muddy Waters. It seems that everything he records is in honour of him. Muddy was always out on the road, scoring hits with songs like Rollin' and Tumblin', I'm Ready and Manish Boy. Now when I was a young boy, at the age of five, my mother style gonna be the greatest man alive. But now I'm a man, way past 21. I want you to believe me, baby. I have lots of fun. I'm a man. standard written by Muddy Waters, Mel London and Bo Diddley. Although the song contains sexual boasting, its repetition of I'm a man was understood as political. Jimi Hendrix and the Rolling Stones both covered it. Now, the latest album that you have out is called Portrait, but it's actually been remixed and remastered from one that you had out previously. Tell me the story around Delmark bringing that back out again. They saw something that was missed, and we added a few songs that we did in the studio, along with the very new gospel single, Praise Him. Woke up one morning, and I couldn't see. I couldn't see the forest out beyond the trees. said to me, I'm gonna set you free, and all I'll ask of you, you tell the people about me, and I'm gonna praise him, I'm gonna praise him. Saving me 
awesome track, Praising. I also really like the version that you do of that classic Good Morning Little School Girl. Why did you choose to do that one? No, it's just a it's respect from the dad. You know, he recorded that song. I don't think he owned it, but he recorded it. And I did it out of respect for dad. Well, no one's going to ever forget it, but that was my way of honoring my father. How do you feel when you're playing to an audience or recording his songs? To do the best I can. Do you think he would have been happy? No doubt about it. I remember him trying to teach my younger brother how to play good turn. And one thing about music, you can't force it. Our kids have to want to do it. They have to want this. And my my younger brother, Joseph, he was actually a pro. He could have been a pro basketball player. His game was basketball. But dad wanted someone to carry it on the legacy, sort of like he was the baby boy. And he tried to push the good turn in his hand. Of course, he had it for a day, he put it down, he went shot some boots. How did Dad have some time to do that if he was so busy still right up until his death? How did he well, find Joe, the time? Joe was the baby boy, so he was in the house. And and uh, Dad was trying to get Joe and show him a few chords, how to play, you know, but that wasn't, that wasn't Joe Forte. A good morning, Can I go home with you? Tell your mother and your father, honey, I once was a schoolboy too. Schoolgirl was another blues standard recorded first by pre-war Chicago vocalist and harmonica pioneer John Lee Sonny Boy Williamson in 1937. It became staple diet for both Chicago bluesmen and British blues bands in the 50s and 60s. It's even been called the first rock and roll record. But back to Mud Morganfield now, Muddy's eldest son. Do you have a favourite song on Portrait? Locomotive, it's uh, listen, listen to the solo there, there, that house Chuck do. But listen to that solo, fantastic. Listen to Billy Flynn on guitar. Great, great musicians. A locomotive, locomotive, steam, steam, steam. Going back down to New Orleans, I'm gonna find me. I'm gonna find me a queen. Train and go down to New Orleans. A locomotive, locomotive, stop the train. Not Kansas, but New Orleans. I'm gonna find me. I'm gonna find me a plane with long black hair and no underwear. In my records, there's never a album that I'm gonna put out and not have at least one of Dad's songs. It's my way. So I'm gonna always put one or two of Dad's songs on there, along with my own stuff. Which one of his songs do you like best? Same thing. Why do men go crazy when a woman wear a dress so sharp? <laughs> Same thing as one of my favorites. Love it. It is so melodic. I do it sometimes on stage. It is such a sexy song. What makes men go crazy when a woman wears that so tight?
tomcat fight all night Why do all of these men try to run a big lady woman down Why do That was the same thing from Muddy Waters circa 1964. The song came after a period when Muddy's career had slumped. The rise of rock and roll had taken the spotlight away from traditional blues acts until British fans managed to reinvigorate interest in the genre and it went through something of a creative rebirth. As such, there was a renewed interest in Muddy's music. He dazzled fans at the band's farewell concert in 1976 and found himself touring again, sharing stages with the likes of Eric Clapton and the Rolling Stones. Muddy subsequently joined the Stones at the Checkerboard Lounge in Chicago in 1981 to perform this one, Baby Please Don't Go. began to fail him the following year. He died quietly at his home in Westmont, Illinois, on April the 30th, 1983. When he passed away, how did that affect you all? I missed it when I got the call from his wife. I was just like, no, you no, no, you did not. And she was talking to me on the phone as the paramedics was working on him. What were the circumstances around his passing? Well, he had a heart attack, so we know he had had been having some chest pain, but like most people, we ignore that. Oh, we chalk it up as being gas, you know, give me a couple of Alka-Seltzers or something. Ah, But no, he had been been having some heart trouble, but he self-diagnosed himself and said it was something else. So when he had the massive heart attack, it pretty much done it. So it was a pretty big shock for everyone. Yes. And a, and a huge loss for, for the music and world. He was because he had, he had, a, he had also had a single release on Delmark. It was a dream of his and it was coming true for him. What was a dream? To just be a part of the same legacy that me and my younger brother, Big Bill, was. Being sons of what it was, we wanted to show the world, you know, kind of like what dad left. It's just, it wasn't a total loss. We're still here, we're ready, and we're willing. Yeah. So you never got a chance to play with him? Uh, no, I've been to a lot of shows, but no, I never got a chance to play with him because I was pretty much still, like in 2021 20, when he passed, I was still pretty much, you know, dad been, been deceased over 30 years. Since Marty's death, both Chicago and his home suburb of Westmont have named streets in his honour. He's appeared on a postage stamp and a marker commemorates the site of his childhood home in Clarksdale. He was also inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1987. Muddy Waters was the single most important artist to emerge in post-war American blues. He was a peerless singer, a gifted songwriter and leader of one of the strongest bands of the genre. Thank goodness that his sons Mud Morganfield and Big Bill Morganfield are keeping his legacy alive today. 
And that's where I'll leave you. I hope you've enjoyed today's show that celebrated the life and musical genius of the great Muddy Waters, as told by his eldest son, Mud Morganfield. Thanks for your company. I hope I can count on it again same time next week. Take care of yourself until we meet again, won't you? Bye now. Because it's a beautiful day. You've been listening to A Breath of Fresh Air with Sandy Kay. Beautiful day. Oh, baby, any day that you're gone away. It's a beautiful day.